Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 43. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key attitude in Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. Welcome to our NFL Week 1 Games of the Week Preview Pick'em segment. Each week, we're going to recap two of the best 1 o'clock Sunday games, two of the best 4 o'clock games, and the featured Sunday night game, as well as that Monday night game. At the end of the NFL preview segment, I will be announcing the rest of the league's pick'ems prior to our music news segment. But tonight, we have a special treat. I'm going to cover the opening game of the season, which was the last night's game between Last season's Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. The Lions walked into roaring Arrowhead Stadium on Thursday night, where the Kansas City Chiefs are nearly unbeatable and were trying to open their latest Super Bowl title defense with a win and proved what Detroit coach Dan Campbell has come to know in turning around the long downtrodden franchise. This is a resilient team, Campbell said. We're built to handle some stuff. Now everyone else knows it. Under the bright spotlight of the NFL season opener, Jared Goff threw for 253 yards and a touchdown. New Lions running back David Montgomery ran for the go-ahead score late in the game, and Detroit held on for a 21-20 victory over the Chiefs. We expected to win this game, said Campbell, who won just three games his first season, but led the Lions to eight wins over their last ten games just a year ago, when they went nine and eight and narrowly missed the playoffs. We came in here, knew what we needed to do, knew it wasn't going to be easy, and we did it. We won. Amon Ra St. Brown had six catches for 71 yards and a score. And Lions rookie Brian Branch returned Patrick Mahomes' first pick in an opener 50 yards for another touchdown, helping Detroit snap the Chiefs' eight-game Week 1 winning streak. The Lions also snapped their own five-game skid in season openers. A lot of work has been put in the offseason, Goff said, and you want to start off winning the first one, and we did that today. We didn't play the best on offense. I thought the defense kept us in the game, but we found a way. And the Lions were trying to run out the clock when Goff's fourth down pass near midfield was batted down with 2.30 left, giving the Chiefs a chance. But they made a mess of it. Kadarius Toney dropped a potential 20-yard gain. A deep completion was called back for holding. Sky Moore dropped the pass, and a false start left Mahomes heaving. A 4th and 25 downfield throw, which I didn't think was a great play call. I personally thought they should have punted the ball at that point in the game, giving their defense an opportunity to make three stops to get the ball back. But no, they went for it. When it fell incomplete and Detroit took over, Montgomery ran for a first down and the Lions ran out the clock. Mahomes finished with 226 yards passing and two touchdowns. Despite his receivers dropping a slew of passes, he also was the leading rusher for the Chiefs 
whose self-inflicted wounds proved to be too much to overcome. Go to be better. We got to be better, Mahomes said. There had to been equal parts of anticipation and anxiety leading up to this game in Kansas City, where the Chiefs had celebrated their previous Lombardi Trophy in the midst of a pandemic, and only about 18,000 fans were able to join this celebration. But hundreds began tailgating outside the Arrowhead Stadium parking lots 14 hours before kickoff on Thursday, and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, along with about 80,000 more Fans joined them to see the Chiefs raise their latest championship banner. That was the anticipation. The anxiety came from the absence of Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey and fellow All-Pro Chris Jones, who is in the midst of a contract holdout. The defensive tackle was expected to miss the opener, but Kelsey had only been questionable since Tuesday when he hyperextended his knee in the final full practice before game day. It wasn't feeling right. Chiefs coach Andy Reid said, I wasn't going to put him out there with that, and he was honest with me. Detroit scored first in a showdown of two of the league's top offenses a year ago. Goff took advantage of a clean pocket, thanks in part to Jones sitting in a stadium suite to march down the field and find St. Brown with a nine-yard touchdown pass. The Chiefs answered with Mahomes, finding five different receivers on a long drive. The last of them, rookie Rasheed Rice, who atoned for an earlier drop by snaring a short touchdown pass to knock the game at seven apiece at that point in time. It remained the way until Campbell made a questionable decision late in the half. The Chiefs were facing fourth and two near midfield, but had been called for holding, and rather than decline it, Campbell chose to push them back. Mahomes responded to a third and 17 by hitting Marquez Valdez-Scantling with a 24-yard strike. He added a 26-yard pass to Justin Watson, then hit Blake Bell with a short touchdown throw to give the Chiefs a 14-7 halftime lead. The Lions' offense still going nowhere in the second half. The defense stepped up. Branch caught a pass that bounced off Tony's hand and found nothing but 50 yards of grass separating him in the end zone and a 14-all tie. Up to that point, Mahomes had thrown 20 touchdown passes without an interception and five-plus season openers. But the Chiefs tacked on two field goals, but the missed chances to get into the end zone proved costly. The Lions followed up with Harrison Bucker's second kick by driving 75 yards twice converting on third down, with Montgomery capping the march with a nine-yard touchdown run that gave Detroit the lead for good. The Lions did a heck of a job. They capitalized on a couple of things, and we've got to fix it, said Coach Reed. But I like the aggressiveness on the defensive side of the ball. There were some good things on offense. We just have to be more consistent. But this is where streaks come to an end, folks. The Lions' Marvin Jones fumbled away a good scoring chance in the second quarter. When Trent McDuffie knocked the ball out of deep in Kansas City territory, it was the veteran wide receiver's first fumble in his 12-year career and came on his 563rd touch, the longest active streak in the NFL, folks. Unbelievable. But the latest on Kelsey. Kelsey had a bone bruise and some swelling in his knee. Though test taken after the 
injury in practice showed no ligament damage. He went through a workout early Thursday to see whether he could move well enough to play, but Reed and Chiefs trainer Rick Burkholder decided to give Kelsey the time to recover with their next game 10 days away. Now we're on to our injury report. As for the Lions, Branch, the first player with a pick six in his Lions debut since 1967. Unreal, folks. He departed with cramps on the final play of the third quarter. Defensive tackle Levi Onowoski limped off with trainers with about 12 minutes left in the game. So, in this game, it was a stunner. It was the Detroit Lions who played spoiler in the Super Bowl champion celebration. They won this game 21-20. Unbelievable, folks. But we'll be right back with the start of our NFL Week 1 preview pick'em. You don't want to miss it. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text K4K Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the Kia Newton, Georgia. And now we've got our first week of the NFL Week 1 preview pick'em action. And our first game is between the Baltimore Ravens versus the Houston Texans. Lamar Jackson remembers his first career start back in 2018. He led Baltimore to a win over the Bengals in the middle of November. But more than any specific stats and details, what stand out are the emotions he felt in that moment. I think we played Cincinnati in my first start. I remember going into the game nervous. I had butterflies until actually my first snap, Jackson said. After the first snap, I think the nervousness went away and I just was ready to go and hitting the ground running. These weekend, it is Jackson's opponent trying to manage his excitement and anxiety when rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud starts for the Houston Texans at Baltimore on Sunday. 
the Texans drafted the Ohio State star at number two overall this year. And he joins a team that is trying for a fresh start after going 3-13-1 last season. Houston also has a new coach in Demeco Ryans. The Ravens made some important moves of their own this offseason, although the biggest possible change, Jackson not leaving. Baltimore signed its franchise quarterback to a new five-year deal and gave him a couple significant new targets and Odell Beckham Jr. and first-round pick Zay Flowers. Still, it's the Texans who are coming off the bigger offseason overhaul and they can only hope it will start paying dividends soon. Their first challenge is a trip to Baltimore, where they've never won in six tries. It feels kind of cool to be the villain and try to take over the trap. It's kind of what we say, at least back Ohio State, Stroud said. I'm excited to do that. I hear a lot of good things about this stadium. It's loud. It's kind of like a college atmosphere. Of course, I played a lot of loud stadiums, but I don't want to compare that to the NFL. Baltimore defensive coordinator Mike McDonald was in the same role at Michigan a couple seasons ago when the Wolverines broke through with a victory over Stroud and Ohio State. David Ojabu, who played for the Michigan team, is now a linebacker for the Ravens. It's been a lot of football between the last time he was on the opposing sideline, McDonald said. He looks impressive to me. He doesn't look like a rookie on preseason tape. Todd Monken. The new offensive coordinator Baltimore hired from Georgia barely beat Ohio State in last season's national semifinals. Last time I saw him, we were in a barn burner with him in the playoff. Monken said he's a tremendous player and a great young man. But Houston not only has a high draft pick making his debut on offense Sunday, but also on defense. Defensive end Will Anderson Jr., the third overall pick, starts at defensive end. Anderson, who was a standout at Alabama, had a great preseason, and many odds makers have him as the favorite to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. He can't wait to get going this weekend. I've just been dreaming about it, Anderson said, going to sleep with it on my mind, waking up with it on my mind. It's a dream come true. Houston's offensive line took a huge hit this preseason, losing four players to injuries. Left tackle Laramie Tunsil remains, but will be forced to work with a whole new group of casting. Left guard Kenyon Green and center Scott Quenzenberry went down with the season-ending injuries, and rookie Drew Shrugs was going to fill in Quenzenberry, but he injured his hamstring. The last blow came Wednesday when the team announced that right tackle Titus Howard has a broken right hand that will keep him out at least for four games. The Texans added Josh Jones and Kendra Green in trades during training camp to help make up for the injuries. Jones is expected to start a right tackle and Green will be the starting center. We've got smart guys who have picked up things really well, and I'm seeing those guys just continue to improve, Ryan said. I know it's been a short time for those guys, but they've done a really good job with what they've been asked to do. Now, for the Ravens' concerns. Baltimore tight end Mark Andrews has a quad injury. He's been limited in practice, and also Odell Beckham Jr. with his ankle. When Beckham makes his Ravens' debut, it will be his first game since the Super Bowl two seasons ago. 
when he injured his knee while playing for the Los Angeles Rams. A bigger concern is standout cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who is recovering from surgery on his foot and has been practicing defensive backs Brandon Stevens and Ronald Darby, the latter of whom was signed less than a month ago, could play crucial roles against Houston. But in this week one, with all of these coming to play, I'm still going to take Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Now in our next game of the NFL Week 1 Pick'em segment is a game between the Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers begin a new era with Bryce Young as the face of the franchise. Just the sort of hype one could expect for the NFL's number one draft pick. There's far less hoopla surrounding Atlanta's quarterback, though. The Falcons have equally high hopes for Desmond Ritter. In his first full year as the starter, these two young signal callers will be at the center of attention when the Falcons host the Panthers in the season opener on Sunday. With Frank Reich taking over as a coach, Carolina pinned its rebuilding hopes on Young, who won the Heisman Trophy during a brilliant career at Alabama. Young isn't thinking beyond week one, trying to get his feet wet in the league. I'm not a guy to think long term, he says. It's never just been straight up, but there's been going of ups and downs for me. Ritter was far from a top pick. Even after a stellar college career at Cincinnati, he slipped all the way to the third round in the 2022 draft. Ritter spent most of, ro- of his rookie campaign as a backup to journeyman Marcus Mariota before taking over for the final four games of the year. He guided the Falcons to a 2-2 two and two mark, showing enough promise to lock down the number one quarterback job. For now, this is Ritter's team. I prepared for the moment and where I need to be, he said. But these NFC South rivals have followed similar paths in recent years. Neither has had a winning record since 2017, which was also the last season either made the playoffs. Now, both franchises are counting on their young quarterbacks to lead them to a brighter future. On the rebuilding process, the Falcons dueled out upward of $140 million free agency to rebuild a defense that has long been among the bottom feeders of the NFL. A year ago, the Falcons were 27th in yards surrendered and 23rd in points allowed, which was about par for the course during the run of the losing seasons. The spending spree brought in safety Jesse Bates III, defensive tackle David Onyamata, outside linebackers Caden Ellis, and Bud Dupree, as well as cornerback Mike Hughes. The Falcons also have a new defensive coordinator at the helm, Ryan Nielsen. There's a lot of excitement around this building because we've got some stuff growing, Bates said. A great opportunity to win our division, get back to the playoffs, and get things back on track. But the Panthers may be without Brian Burns, a two-time Pro Bowl outside linebacker who had a career-high 12 and a half sacks last season. With talks stalled on a contract extension, Burns skipped a couple practices to start the week before returning to the field in full pads. It's not known if he'll be willing to play Sunday without a long-term deal. He's in the final year of his rookie contract that will pay him slightly more than $16 million. Burns is a vital part of the team's defense, which is moving to a 3-4 scheme. This season, under new coordinator 
Ajero Evero. But Atlanta has two of NFL's most intriguing weapons in the backfield, though Bajon Robinson and Cordell Patterson are sure to be lining up all over the field, defying conventional wisdom that first-round selections should not be used on running backs. The Falcons grabbed Robinson with the number 8th overall pick, and Coach Arthur Smith believes he's the sort of player who can redefine the position, not only taking handoffs, but working out of the slot or moving outside as a wide receiver. That's the Swiss Army knife that you're looking for. There are great expectations, Smith said. When you make those investments, you have to make sure it's the right person. You've got the right plan. So far, it's been good. But the Falcons already had Patterson, who provides many of the same skill sets as Robinson. Patterson, who was slowed by injuries in 2022. But two years ago, he rushed for 618 yards and six touchdowns to go along with his 52 receptions for 548 yards and five scores. Patterson is listed on the depth chart at a new position. Well, he can play a lot of different spots, from quarterback to wideout to running back to tight end. Amazing. A kind of player that you don't really see in this era being able to do all the different tangibles at all the different positions, a game-breaker. You just try to keep finding ways to evolve, and we think it works for us. Young has gotten much of the attention in Carolina, though, but he's hardly been the only change in the offensive side. The Panthers have overhauled the skill positions, bringing in running back Miles Sanders, tight end Hayden Hurst, and wide receivers Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo. Chark is questionable for the opener, however, because of an ailing hamstring injury. After a brilliant rookie season in 2021, Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts took a steep backward during his sophomore campaign. Defense is focused on shutting him down, limiting Pitts to 28 receptions for 356 yards and two touchdowns over his first 10 games. Then, he was lost for the remainder of the season with a knee injury. One of the Falcons' big goals is finding ways to get the sort of production out of Pitts that they did two seasons ago, when he had 68 receptions for 1,026 yards. I'm going to take in this game, resulting that they're going to play against a rookie quarterback. I will take the Atlanta Falcons in this game. We'll be right back with more NFL Pick'em Action. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken, right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around, so great, Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31, Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the Mold Man, specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. 
You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show daily at noon right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. I'm back. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Newton, Georgia. And now we're on to our next sector of our NFL Week 1 Pick'em Action. In our next game, we've got the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. So players to watch in this ball game are quarterback Jordan Love. The 2020 first-round draft pick from Utah State faces the unavailable task of taking over for four-time MVP. Aaron Rodgers, who was traded to the New York Jets. Love's only previous career start was a 13-7 loss at Kansas City back in 2021. The Packers owned a 25-5 edge over the Bears, counting the playoffs and games started by Rodgers. Love played in all three of Green Bay's exhibition games. The Packers typically had rested their starters in past preseasons to get as prepared as possible for this first season as a starter. But players to watch on the other end of the fence are quarterback Justin Fields. The former Ohio State star needs to show in his third season that he can become the passer the Bears need him to be. He emerged as one of the league's most exciting players last season, rushing for 1,143 yards and coming close to Lamar Jackson's NFL record for a quarterback of rushing with 1,206. But he threw for just 2,242 yards and 17 touchdowns while getting sacked 55 times, tying Denver's Russell Wilson for the most in the league. Fields season high for it. Passing was 254 yards last year against Green Bay in Week 13 at Soldier Field. But the key matchups to watch in this ball game are Bears wide receiver DJ Moore versus Packers cornerback Jair Alexander. Chicago made a big trade for a number one receiver by requiring Moore from Carolina for the number one overall pick. And he's facing a big test going against a two-time Pro Bowler in Moore who had 5,201 yards in his five seasons with the Panthers. He has done well against Green Bay with his 15 receptions for 251 yards in his two games in his career. But we also got some key injuries that we're going to have to look at that are crucial in this ballgame. Love could be missing his top two options with wide receivers Christian Watson and Romeo Dupes nursing hamstring injuries. Packers outside linebacker Rashawn Gary is hoping to play after tearing his anterior cruciate ligament last November. Green Bay's coaches have said that Gary will be on a pitch count early in the season. Packers offensive tackle David Bakhtiari didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, but says he expects to play. 
Packers cornerback Eric Stokes has a foot injury, is opening the season on the physically unable to perform list. Bears safety Jaquan Brisker has a groin injury, is expected to be ready for the opener after missing the preseason. And safety Eddie Jackson has an ankle injury. And defensive end Demarcus Walker got banged up in practice and has a calf injury. And the rounded out left guard Tevin Jenkins has a leg injury and will be on injury reserve. But the Packers have won eight in a row over the Bears. That represents Green Bay's second longest win streak in the series. The Packers beat the Bears 10 straight times back from 1994 to 98. The Packers have won 12 of the past 13 matchups at Soldier Field. Eight of the past 11 Packers-Bears games at Soldier Field ended up with single-digit margins. The Packers beat the Bears 27-10 at home and 28-19 in Chicago last season. In the game at Chicago, the Packers trailed 19-10 heading into the fourth quarter before rallying. That game enabled the Packers to overtake the Bears for the NFL lead and all-time regular season wins. But these two teams have the most regular season wins of any franchise. The Packers have 790 regular season wins, and the Bears rank second with 786. This marks the fifth straight year the Packers have opened the season away from home. That includes a 38-3 road loss to New Orleans back in 2021 that was moved to Jacksonville, Florida after the Hurricane Ida struck southeast of Louisiana. After many of their veterans left in the offseason, the Packers have only three players in their 30s. Very young team, folks. Offensive tackle David Bakhtiari is 31. Linebacker Devondre Campbell and outside linebacker Preston Smith are each 30. So the Packers own a 10-3 September record under coach Matt LaFleur, but have lost soundly in their past two seasons. Openers, per se. After losing, after losing to the Saints in 2021, the Packers opened their 2022 season by falling 23-7 at Minnesota, and the Bears set a franchise record for losses last season, surpassing the previous mark of 13. Chicago was 0-6 against the NFC North last season. The first under general manager Ryan Poles and coach Matt Eberfloss. Defensive end Yannick Nagako had 65 sacks in his first seven seasons, including nine and a half last season with Indianapolis. But for all you fantasy players this upcoming week, Though he had mixed results against Chicago last season, Packers running back Aaron Jones could have the upper hand in this one. After all, the Bears who made some big changes on defense and might need time to come together. Jones, who ran for 1,121 yards in 2022, had 132 yards and a touchdown in Week 2 in the second meeting. And Jones hurt his shin in the first half and finished with just 26 yards. So in this game, I do think it's going to be Jordan Love coming out of the gates with Aaron Jones and this offensive line really opening up holes to making it a very good win for this Green Bay Packers team. Now we're on to our next game for our NFL Pick'em Week 1 action. We've got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. When last season began, the Los Angeles Rams were defending Super Bowl champions with aspiring, with aspirations of getting back there again. But the Rams begin the season on Sunday against 
their division foe in Seattle in a far different place than they were just a year ago. They're coming off the worst season of Sean McVay's coaching career, a 5-12 and campaign where they just about had everything go wrong for them, and their roster has been gutted due to salary cap constraints, leaving the Rams with a serious talent gap at many positions. They still have quarterback Matthew Stafford and defensive tackle Aaron Donald, but overall, the Rams are a shell of the team that they once were when they won the title two seasons ago. Every team is new. We happen to have a lot of young guys on our team. A lot of rookies that have come in and done a heck of a job and earned roles in our football team, said quarterback Stafford. They are going to be a big part of our season, and that's exciting. So the story of where Seattle at the start of last year to where it is now is similar to the Rams' narrative. Just with opposite results, folks. The Seahawks started last season expected to be among the worst teams in the league, with evaluators having zero confidence in Geno Smith's ability to be successful starting quarterback in this league. But by the end of the year, Smith had set career highs in every passing category. He led Seattle to nine wins in regular season and a playoff berth and earned the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award. Wow, folks. Unbelievable. The Seahawks enter this year hoping they have closed the gap with San Francisco and the NFC West. I believe we have a tremendous opportunity this season with the players that we have and the coaches that we have, said Coach Smith. So I expect to go out there and play well. And obviously, like I said, we've got to prove it. It's not going to be given to us. And that's what I'm looking forward to is the opportunity to prove myself. But with Bobby Wagner back, a familiar face for both teams will be on the field Sunday with that linebacker who played for both teams. But he has begun his second stint with the Seahawks. Wagner spent the first 10 seasons of his career with Seattle before becoming a salary cap casualty during the 2022 season and signing with the Rams. Wagner continued to play at an elite level last season for Los Angeles with 140 tackles and a career-high 6 sacks, earning second-team All-Pro honors. But he was released as part of the salary cap moves the Rams had to make and quickly agreed to return to Seattle. Earlier this week, Wagner and coach Pete Carroll spent time in Carroll's office sharing their appreciation for the opportunity to reunite. And as you know, Wagner, one of the best linebackers in the last decade, going home to Seattle. It's exactly what they're looking for. And Pete Carroll is so happy to have him back. But without Cooper Cup, the Yakima native and Eastern Washington graduate who won the Triple Crown of receiving and Super Bowl MVP award just two seasons ago, after missing the final eight games of the last season with an ankle injury, Cup injured his hamstring in training camp aggravated it in last and late August and didn't improve quickly enough to play. Cup's absence is a major blow to the Rams offense, which is counting on him to be the number one's target for Stafford. The drop off from Cup is steep. Although Stafford is upbeat about Van Jefferson, Tutu Adewell, and newcomer to Marcus Robinson, rookie Puka Nakua, a former Washington Huskies wideout who transferred to BYU is also likely to get the snaps. But now they have fitting in their run schemes. The Seahawks revamped their defensive front 
this offseason in the hopes of being a better stop stopper of the run that they did. Because last year, they were ranked 30th, which is rough. But in the league, giving up more than 150 yards per game on the ground last season, this offseason saw the arrival of, Dr of Draymond Jones and the return of Jaron Reed in the free agency, along with drafting rookies Cameron Young, Mike Morris, and Derek Hall. While the Rams will have a significantly overhauled offensive line, they still have Cam Akers, who rushed for 104 yards and averaged nearly 5 yards per carry against Seattle back in Week 18 last season. But here's the thing. Smith will be the first quarterback to test the Rams' secondary, which is ranked by many evaluators as the least impressive in the NFL. Los Angeles cut ties with four defensive backs who started at least 12 games last season, including All-Pro Jalen Ramsey and starting safeties Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott. The Rams appeared to be content to compete this season with a secondary composed of last year's backups who are mostly low-round draft picks before they blinked and signed veterans John Johnson and Akello Witherspoon late in the offseason. Cornerbacks Kobe Durant and Durian Kendrick will get an immediate test of their readiness against DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and rookie Jackson Smith Nigdrabal. So, when you have dynamic receivers and DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and the newcomer they drafted this year, Jackson Smith Nigdrabal, there's going to be a lot of targets for quarterback of this team. Really putting together something and Geno Smith. He's got all these weapons. you got an offensive line who's really going to put something together. So in this game, I'm going to have to take Seattle Seahawks. I just don't think that the Rams' defensive fronts could be enough to stop it. Or they have the firepower on offense to stay with them. Now we're on to the next game in our NFL Week 1 Preview Show. In the first... Sunday night game of the season. It's going to be between the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York football giants. The Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants are looking to close the gap in the NFC East as they start the season. The Cowboys finished 12-5, two games behind the NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles in the division. And the Giants, 9-7, were a distant third. All three made the playoffs but the Eagles remain the team to catch. Both teams will come into Sunday's night's season opener at MetLife Stadium, having made significant changes. Dallas coach Mike McCarthy will be play-calling for quarterback Dak Prescott in the backfield that now features Tony Pollard, Brandon Cooks, and C.D. Lamb. This will give Dallas a potent one-two punch at receiver. The Micah Parsons-led defense was added has added Stephon Gilmore at cornerback. The Giants were as active in the offseason, bolstering a suspect defense with lineman Raheem Nunez-Rochet and Ashawn Robinson, inside linebacker Bobby Akreka, and two rookie cornerbacks Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins. The offense is loaded at wide receiver with playmaking abilities from tight end Darren Waller, joining draft pick Jalen Hyatt, and veteran Paris Campbell as Daniel Jones options along with the running back Saquon Barkley. While the Cowboys 
have won four straight against New York and 11 of 12. Parsons said this game isn't going to be a walkover. I think they put together a great offense just like we did, Parsons said. They got great guys who they already have, but just a rivalry just makes it so much harder, such a better game, and something you've really got to prepare for because they're going to come and give us their best shot. Each game last year came down to the wire, so it's not a game that we're just like, man, this is a game every game, like it's a Super Bowl. But the Giants coach, Brian DeBull and McCarthy both said, this is just the start of a 17-game season. Longtime Giants special teams coordinator Thomas Magagi said everyone's juiced up getting ready for this game. It's an incredible rivalry. And it's always fun, especially for years. We opened up with the Cowboys, but we used to be on the road, he said. Now it's here at home, so it's fun. And again, I told the guys the other day, we ain't sticking our toe in the water, right? We're diving in head first. So let's let it rock. But now we're on and we got Tony Pollard show. Tony Pollard is the lead back for the first time since they let go of Ezekiel Elliott based on cost-cutting moves. Dallas put the 10.1 million franchise tag on Pollard, who was a more potent playmaker than Elliott last season. Still, he is proven unproven when not sharing duties with Elliott. Pass protection could be an issue, though. Rico Dowdle, an undrafted fourth-year player with seven career carries and rookie sixth-round pick Deuce Vaughn are his backups. But for Waller, Waller's going to be something that you need to watch. Since being acquired from Las Vegas in March, Waller has been the main option for Jones in training camp and preseason. The two combined for three catches for 30 yards against the Panthers on a game-opening touchdown drive, the six-foot-six veteran runs faster than some wide receivers in his league. He's fast. He can break tackles. He has great blocking abilities and excellent tight end, as you will. And the major concern on the Giants' offensive line is second-year right tackle Evan Neal, the number seven overall pick back in 2022, struggled last season, and he said. He, one of his one of the worst games was against this Dallas team. So line coach Bobby Johnson said Neil worked hard in the offseason on his footwork. But it will be interesting to see how this pans out. Dallas had eight sacks against New York last season. The Giants didn't have any. They didn't get any pass rush up front. And that's really tough to see. The Cowboys used offseason trades to add a key piece on offense and another on defense, Prescott gets his first live look at Cooks, a vertical threat, who should take some pressure off Lamb and make Dallas deeper on offense by dropping Michael Gallup to the third spot. Cooks has a chance to become the first NFL player to have 1,000-yard seasons with five different teams. It just shows how dynamic he is. Gilmore's addition gives the Cowboys all-pro pedigrees with both outside linebackers and corners. So, when you have Gilmore, who's one of the best corners in the game, all-pro pedigree as you will, and being able to be to do man-to-man bump-and-run coverage, and then is able to form-tackle his way into being there, paired with Trayvon Diggs, folks, 
who's tied for the NFL lead with 17 interceptions since entering the league in 2020, is playing his first game since signing a $97 million contract extension when camp opened. Gilmore was the 2019 AP Defensive Player of the Year with the Patriots. But the bottom line is, there's also a kicking edge in this game. And that's one of the advantages that the Giants have is a place kicker. Graham Gano is entering his 14th season. The 36-year-old was 29 of 32 on field goal attempts last season and 32 of 34 on extra points. The Cowboys, well, they replaced Brett Maher with rookie Brandon Aubrey, a former MLS player. The 28-year-old kicked in the USFL before joining the Cowboys. He was 8 of 9 preseason. So that is very impressive. But I believe the firepower, there's too much for Dak Prescott to throw to with C.D. Lamb uh, and being able to put together the, the running game with Tony Pollard. You got Michael Gallup in the mix. And they got an incredible defense that's going to roam sideline to sideline with Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. And now the addition of Stephon Gilmore. I just think it's going to be too much for the Giants in this game. So I will take the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back, folks, with our Monday night game of the Pick'em. And then the rest of our NFL Week 1 Pick'em action. You don't want to miss it. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. You're listening to the Nightly Crow Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at noon in Georgia, and now... We're on to our first Monday night game of the year in this pick-em action. 
And we've got the New York Jets versus the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets have worked all spring and summer to get this moment going. And so has DeMar Hamlin. When the Jets square off against the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football at MetLife Stadium, it will mark the next step of the two fascinating journeys in front of a national television audience and on the 22nd anniversary of the September 11th attacks. Rodgers will make his highly anticipated regular season debut for the Jets, who acquired their four-time NFL MVP from the Green Bay Packers back in April. One thing has happened almost every single day, and it just reminds me how I, in the right place where I'm supposed to be, Roger said, and I'm really just loving what this opportunity has given. So meanwhile, Hamlin is expected to take the field in a regular season game for the first time since going into cardiac arrest and being really put together. And it's just amazing that his return has really define what it means to be a leader in the community and loving this game. And Rodgers went from 90% retiring in February before he went into a darkness retreat in Oregon. But the New York Jets, after all the speculation in the offseason and trade negotiations, got their guy. And the expectations for a team that has the NFL's longest active playoff drought at 12 straight seasons soared. All the way to point some skeptics as the Jets have not won a Super Bowl in a time where they haven't been there since the 60s. But of course, it's better than the alternative, Coach Robert Salas said, that you work hard to be able to put yourself in a position to have a realistic shot at something. Now, what we have is to show it on the field. For Hamlin, this has really changed something. And he has garnered support from prayers and millions of dollars in donations to his Chasing M's Foundation to returning to the game. It's really incredible what he's doing for the community, as you will. But here's the thing. They got something cooking. They got something cooking in the offseason, the Jets. The game has also marked the Jets' debut at running back, Dalvin Cook, who was signed by the New York Jets during training camp to bolster his backfield behind Rodgers. Cook, whose brother James will be on the other sideline, and spent his first six seasons with Minnesota and ran for at least 1,100 yards the last four years. But he was a salary cap cut back in the offseason for the Vikings. Cook had offseason shoulder surgery and started practicing with the Jets only right there. So he feels healthy now. And they got a one-two punch in this new New York offense with Nathaniel Hackett at the helm. With Reese Hall, who's returning from a knee injury that cut his season short. So it's very interesting that you have these great running backs together. But you can't forget about the safeties for the Buffalo Bills. Poyer and fellow safety Micah Hyde were among the first free agents the Bills signed back in March of 2017. In McDermott's first season as a coach... And the two remain what has been essentially an inseparable tandem, preparing to open their seventh season together as starters. Something few other safety duos have done. So there's so much great chemistry there. Since the NFL merger, folks, the only other safety tandem to start seven or more consecutive seasons is the Steelers' Carnell Lake and Darren Perry back in 1992 through 98, and Pittsburgh's Troy Palomalu 
and Ryan Clark, and they played together for eight straight seasons from 2006 to 2013. Though, Clark missed the 2012 opener in Denver because he couldn't play at a high altitude. It's like half the time we already know what each other are doing, says Poyer. But the high reclaimed his starting job after missing much of the last season while recovering from neck injury, and Poyer's future in Buffalo was uncertain before he resigned with the with the Bills. But here's the thing. Big men and their bounce backs. The biggest question mark for the Jets might be the big boys up front on offense, specifically left tackle Dwayne Brown and right tackle Mekhi Becton. Brown missed all the training camp while recovering from offseason shoulder surgery to fix an injury he played through. But I will tell you, with Josh Allen at the helm, it's going to be a game to see. Great defense for the Buffalo Bills, but in this game, I'm going to go with my heart. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to stun the Buffalo Bills first time around. So I will take the New York Jets. Now, for my other picks, I have the Cincinnati Bengals over the Cleveland Browns. I will take the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Vikings over the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Saints over the Tennessee Titans. The 49ers over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Washington Commanders over, over the Arizona Cardinals. The Denver Broncos over the Las Vegas Raiders. The Los Angeles Chargers over the Miami Dolphins. The Philadelphia Eagles over the New England Patriots. And that rounds up our NFL Week 1 Preview Pick'em segment. We'll be right back with music news. You don't want to miss it. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. WQE 99.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, The Key at Noonan, Georgia. And now we're on to our music news segment. And our first story is about a legendary pop punk rock band postponing three European shows due to their drummer's personal issues. Next. Blink-182 informed fans on Friday morning 
that they've been forced to postpone three dates on their European tour due to what's described as an urgent family matter that required drummer Travis Barker's attention. At the press time, no additional information was available on what caused the postponement of the gigs scheduled in Glasgow, Scotland's tonight. But here's the thing. They were on the billboard for requesting details on what mattered most to Barker for this U.S. unexpectedly. So more information in regards to this return to Europe and rescheduled dates will be provided as soon as able to do so. Though Barker has not commented on this, the world tour by the beloved pop-punk trio was also featured bassist singer Mark Hoppus and guitarist singer Tom DeLunch. It's the first by the band in more than nine years to feature returning member DeLunch. So far, it was run up the best box office results in the group's three-decade history with Billboard box stores. So, they did sell 564,000 tickets, which is unbelievable, and the tour has grossed 85.3 million. But Barker and his wife, Kourtney Kardashian, are expected their first child together. So, a lot has been at stake for Blink-182. Hope they can recover very well, at least at this point in time, very soon. So, now we are going to think about here what has came to be for this Blink-182 band. The legacy they have left behind as, this, as the most elite pop-punk band throughout the 2000s era. They have really done so and put themselves on the map to separate themselves from their competition, and surely they will be missed in this regard. But now, we're going to be on to our last segment of Music News. We're on to our last story of Music News, and this is about a hip-hop artist and his new album released next, being pushed back. K. Cuddy fans will have to wait a tad longer for the release of Insano after he announced that his ninth album will no longer drop this month and will arrive in January 2024 instead. I have to push Insano back until January, says Scott Miscuddy. I want to make sure that everything lines up and I give y'all the best version of myself, Cuddy said on X. We're on to our last story of music news. And this is about a hip-hop artist pushing back his release date on his album. Kid Cudi has to do so because he feels that his freedoms of his new album that he needs to come out are not yet ready to go on his ninth studio album that he is releasing in this regard. And he's going to push it back to January, but he's got two new tracks from the album. That he's going to release from SoundCloud. Uh, entitles Most Ain't Dennis. And I'll What I Bleed. Came on Monday night. And are considered some of the favorites on Insano. So the former braggadocious track. In which the artist flexes his accolades. And how his counterparts pale in comparison. One thing I really learned from these lames in the game. Is that. They will really figure out to loving my music. Kid Cudi is very happy about what is to come for his future. And Kid Cudi fans, you need to check out these new new tracks on display for him today. Listening in to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank.
Everyone, get home safe, get a great night's sleep, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, WQEE. Take care.